Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome back to Keeping It Real with Caroline and Sophie. We are delighted that you're all listening in again and very appreciative of all your lovely warm support and encouragement. And we are super excited today to have a very special lady with us in our kitchen. And uh, we're going to be talking about her remarkable journey from being diagnosed with something very frightening, having a family tragedy and then really finding the strength and courage to heal from the inside out. Today is all about sharing with you guys the story of a woman who a few months ago was diagnosed with something that not only shocked her, but took her by such a surprise because she's actually a really healthy woman, fit as a fiddle, really had taken care of herself through her lifestyle, through her eating, She's going to tell you her story herself. A very very warm welcome to you, Valentina. Hi, Caroline. Hello, Sophie. Hello. It's so nice to have you here on our kitchen on this gorgeous, gorgeous sunny day. And I've now known you for a number of years and uh, you look no different, literally, from the first time that I saw you you. and which I find even more remarkable. And I keep saying remarkable because I know that you've been through a really, a really extraordinary time and I'd love you to share with our listeners. And Valentina and I came closer together when I lost my father, but also my grandmother, because Valentina has also experienced a uh, loss of very close family members and knows how traumatic it is. Um, so she very, very sweetly reached out to me at this time. And and I've, as a result of that, also been able to follow the journey that Valentina has been on for the last many months. And I'd love you, Valentina, to share with us and our lovely listeners um, what happened to you about six months ago. Okay, so um, I'll start out of the, well, I'll say out of the blue, but about a year ago, I started to experience breathing difficulties. And um, I'd lost my mother, um, a few well about a year before that and so when I went to the GP they felt that every GP that I saw they felt that it was probably anxiety bereavement anxiety and they would listen to my chest and my breathing I I do various breathing exercises and they would say well there's nothing really untoward here so off I went to get bereavement anxiety support and counselling but my breathing didn't improve and actually it was getting worse. And so I got to the point 
where I was starting to sound like a seal. So this is about a year into it. And um, I'd seen a private guy and an NHS specialist and both had performed x-rays, but nobody had sent me for a CT scan. Shockingly, actually. But anyhow, neither the private or the NHS respiratory consultant thought to do that. So eventually Richard said, why don't you go and see my private specialist? He's had a number of asthma attacks and been in hospital. And off I went. And when I walked into his office, he, took, he could hear me. And he said, has anyone done a CT scan? And I said, no, not at all. And he said, now, downstairs, go and do one immediately. And I could see from the look on his face that he was concerned. And up until this point, I really hadn't been worried about my breathing at all. I really, I thought I might have pneumonia or something like that. I genuinely did not expect what happened next. I went downstairs um, at the Harley Street Clinic and I had, um, they put me through the CT machine and this never happens, but the girl came out with the disc and she said, are you going back upstairs to see him? And I said, no, I'm going, I'm coming back next week. And she said, no, you go upstairs now. Oh, no. So I knew at this point that this was something quite big because I could read, I'm quite good at reading people's faces. Mm. And um, I went to see him, but he'd left. And um, a phone call came the next day, and he said, and his PA said, so, um, Mrs. Wharton, would you, um, is somebody going to come with you to the follow-up appointment? Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Navani, that's my specialist, he feels it would be good if you had mm. somebody with you. Oh, no. So I knew at that point it was serious. And um, I said, well, my husband's not here, and actually, I'm going to be okay. I, I now know that this is going to be something quite major. So she said, well, I can't say, I couldn't possibly say, but it would be nice if you had somebody with you. And um, so I was prepared. I was prepared for what was coming. And um, I sat down, and the next day, or the couple of days later, and he said, look, Mrs. Wharton, this isn't good. Um, there is a mass, there's a three and a half centimetre mass in your left lung, in the, and it's blocking, it's starting to invade the pulmonary artery. So it oh needs to come out, and it needs to come out quickly. Wow. And in that moment, I made a choice. I, I, I heard, I processed that news, and I thought, well, I can panic, mm. and I can slowly start to unravel, or I can put my trust in God and think that this is part of the journey that I'm meant to be on wow. and, um, yeah. and accept it wow. and not fight it and, um, and use my energy to just focus on getting through it. And uh, he turned the screen down I had, around and I had a look at it. And then because I'd had endometriosis, um, I battled for, with endometriosis for many, many years, I said, well... It, Can you explain what endometriosis is? Endometriosis is a condition where cells which are similar to the lining of the womb um, are found elsewhere in your body. Now, for some women, that can cause great pain and fatigue and suffering and um, immune deficiency um, symptoms, so constantly being run down. Um, in my case, um, it led to me needing a hysterectomy. I had, um, I had, well, it, it, I had what's called stage four endometriosis. So it attacked my ureter, which is the the um, tube that leads to the kidney and the bladder. It was on my bladder, my bowel, my rectum. Um, 
I had, so I've had benign, most of the tumours were benign endometrial tumours that I've had removed before. So I have been through so surgery. So you've kind of been prepared in a way yes, for this many, moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So part, I guess that this in itself um, wasn't the first time that I was facing surgery. I'd mm. had seven rounds of surgery oh prior to this. So the idea of oh. needing to have surgery, in fact, when he turned the screen round and he showed me this mass... I said, well, it might be an endometrioma because I'm quite knowledgeable in this subject. And he said, actually, I don't think it is. Um, he said, I think that's highly unlikely, but I like your positive oh. <laughs> outlook. Oh. He said, I think this is a tumour. He said, and I'm afraid um, we're going to need to biopsy that almost immediately and get you in for surgery as soon as possible because of the position of it. The position mm. was what was it. Had it been anywhere else... I wouldn't, it wouldn't have been such big surgery, but it started to block. Do and my lung had collapsed. Oh my so I'd been goodness. walking around with a, oh a partially gosh. collapsed lung. Do you think? Well, I'm not surprised um, that you couldn't breathe properly. Exactly. Walking around with a collapsed lung, and no one could see that on an x ray. Okay, so, so you're given this uh, awful news. Do you think you felt in that moment um, relieved that you were going to have the surgery immediately so that whatever it was in you was coming straight out? So, yes, there was a sense of relief mm. that something had been found. Yeah. And I, as I say, I think I chose, I made a choice. It is about choice. I mm. made a choice. I wasn't going to be frightened by yeah. the whole experience. And um, Which is because very I hard. I don't know how you found the strength. I, I, most people would collapse in a ball of tears. Well, I think as Valentina just said, I decided to put my faith in God. Mm. You know, if you, if you can do that, which is extraordinarily powerful, if you have that connection mm. and that faith, um, it, it's probably the greatest comfort also that you kind of hand it over and, because it is mm. so big. But if you can have a faith that's bigger than the size of your fear, yes, then I think that is... Yeah. Amazing. You're saving grace. I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head mm. there, Caroline. Absolutely. That faith was greater than my fear, and that's what carried me through. But my journey with endometriosis mm. or my experience with endometriosis meant that I'd also done a lot of research over mm. the years into alternatives and natural mm. therapies. And um, and I'd worked for a year. One of I, My background is in PR and marketing, and um, and I'm also, I'd worked for a year for an oncology clinic in Harley Street, which again, I think, had um, given me an insight into cancer yeah. and tumours and treatments. And I'd been exposed to an industry or a field where I'd learnt a lot. It of, wasn't alien to you? No. Yeah. My, my father was a yeah. breast cancer surgeon Gosh. at the Marsden. So, wow. yes, absolutely. So again, I'd grown up in a very medical family where... So you kind of felt you could deal with this and you were going to get rid of it and you were going yep. to get over it, yep. which and is I, exactly what you've done. Yep. I mean, and I was still at this here. point thinking it could be benign. Yes. We didn't know. Yes. He was presuming, you know, most doctors, they see cancer and they see a mass and they think it's cancerous and they, they assume it to be often yeah. malignancy. So I've got to ask you at this point in time, you're looking at this mass through the computer... What are you feeling in your gut? Are you thinking, this is going to be okay? Like, what is your gut feeling about this whole thing? Because I think, again, that power of also is mind. very much yeah. the power of your journey. Yeah. Okay, so I'm thinking, I'm not going to let this beat me. Mm. And this is going to be 
all right, this mm. is, I'm going to turn this around. Whatever this is, I'm going to get this. I am going to get through this. Mm. I mean, I was not going to be defeated because I felt that this... Oh, this is going to sound really corny, mm. but I felt I was... I really wanted this to sort of almost be a blessing and a turning point in my life, and I didn't want to see it as a curse. Mm. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense, Valentina. I remember having a conversation with you. I don't know if it was the night before your surgery or a couple of days before the surgery. And what was incredible when speaking to Valentina was the fact that she was saying, you know what, this is actually one of life's greatest favors because it is making me slow down. Mm. It is making me eliminate people and things that I shouldn't be having in my life because they're having a toxic negative mm. effect on my life. This is giving me a chance. And the biggest reason to take away what I shouldn't have in my life anyway. And I think that perspective, Valentina, is so extraordinary and so admirable and so completely inspirational. I love it. And I think it's that moment of you either panic and crumble or you stand up and you face it and you fight. And it's a moment of clarity. And it's actually, listen, I, you know, what you've been through is above and beyond anything that I could ever imagine. And I hope to God that none of, our friends and us go through it and well done you for handling it face on but I think that moment in clarity is if you're strong is yeah. such a gift because you suddenly see your life for what it should be yeah. for what you want it yeah. to be and you're thankful would you agree Valentina that in that moment and 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 a lot of people of course need to take that time to process it but then there comes a time when you have to make a decision and it's in that moment that some people say this is too much I can't deal mm. or as you Whatever it is, I'm going to turn it around. I am going to make fight. this mm. the most important and positive fight that I've ever done in my life. Mm. I'd love to hear about your fight. Well, as I say, I didn't want to presume it was malignant. I went into surgery. Well, I say I went into surgery. I went into, so the first, what happened next was, he says we need to get you in for a um, a biopsy mm. so they put you under to take a biopsy is when they take a small sample of the tumor mm -hmm. and then they know what they're looking at um is that so that was so um in my case they i think he put an instrument at, so i was sedated they put an instrument down into the lung and they cut away and take a small part of the tumor oh gosh and um that goes off to pathology to be examined and um and the results, can I, there's a couple of, there's a bit of a wait for those results. You don't mm. get those immediately. And in that time, that is, yeah, those are hard days. Yes. How many days? I don't remember exactly. I would say maybe a week. Oh, gosh, that's a long time. That must I mean, have felt like a year. I think it's because they need to see, um, it's to do with <sighs> apology, so anyway, a whole were, week yeah, of not and, knowing. Yeah, not knowing. And also you're trying you to carry on as normal yes. but with friends you can talk to them you tell friends I'm so this sounds really again I'm so pleased but mum and dad weren't around so they mm. didn't have to live through this I'd lost my parents to cancer one my mother to ovarian my father to prostate cancer so I'm really pleased they weren't around I oh. felt for my sister who obviously had said no she was like I've lost two parents I'm not losing you as well and I would say no no I'm not you know, no one's going to lose me. You can't tell the children, so you have to. Obviously, oh. you, you don't expose the children to any of this no. at all. Um, you've got their best interests at heart, so you don't tell them. Um, but I was, you know, as I say, I have faith 
So prayer was really important that time to sort of meditate for one yeah. and just to take yourself away from the situation and offer it up and put it into somebody else's hands, mm. um, a higher power. Valentina, how did you get through the nights? Because I often find that if I go through a time that's so terrifying, it's when I lay in my bed at night yeah. and there is no noise and there is no busyness and there is no nothing. And when these fearful thoughts hit me, I mean, yeah. what did you do? Did you sedate yourself? Did you take hardcore pills? Like, what did you do at this point in time to get through the nights? I prayed the rosary because I'm Catholic mm. and I have faith. And I've, I found, for me personally, I know it doesn't work for everybody, but the repetitiveness of praying the rosary, one prayer after another, eventually calms you. It's, it has a very, very oh, calming effect. So, yes, I would wake at three, often three in the morning. Mm. Well, that's when they said between three and four is the time of the devil, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. I had no idea about that. But for me, I would just, I would get up and I pray the rosary and I feel calmer. Because I think it, in praying the prayers, it takes away any of the thoughts that might be going through yeah. your head. And it's, it's really, it's very, very, it's very relaxing. And I guess you have to, if you choose what you chose which was the path yeah. of fighting you have to keep yourself on that path and it's easy to slip off it's easy to have a moment of doubt yeah. or questioning or fear yeah. of course because it's a natural instinct okay, so but to stay on your path you have to use tools to so, keep on that so place. the other thing that happened was I belonged to a, a really really lovely parish I've got a lot of support through friends and I got a whatsapp group together and um, they would send positive sort of messages and um, positive messages mm. and um, memes. Mm. So I was almost, if I had days or moments where mm. I was weak, mm. um, I was being lifted by the love and support of my friends so and my community. And that was really, yeah. I'm really grateful. People don't understand, will never understand how supportive they were. Oh, that's so wonderful. And, um, well, that, I mean, it's could be anything you know it could be yeah. any sort of form of community that you've yeah, got around you any just friends. you have to yeah. have a support system absolutely in that moment agree. yeah absolutely so and what, so about, what then happened when you got your results so, the week later okay so um again my um my consultant was abroad so we had a skype um, to get the, the results, we had a Skype. And I had a PET scan. A PET scan is when they look at your whole system and they um, see if there's any other tumours mm. elsewhere. And um, he Skyped us, Richard and I, and he said, I'm afraid that the pathology showed that your tumour is on the benign end of a malignant scale. Those were his exact words. Mm. So Richard was really, oh, it's benign, it's benign. And he kept saying, no, it's not benign. It's mm. at the benign end of a malignant scale. Right. So that was another light, that was another blow. And he said the PET scan had shown uptake. So that's when, um, that's when the cells take up sugar. They give you a glucose solution mm. and the cancerous cells um, take, you know, sort of take that up. And then when you put through the scan, you can see, they can see where, where there's tumours. Right. And it had shown uptake, which would indicate, again, that it was a malignant tumour. But mm. thankfully, there didn't appear to be any other tumours elsewhere. So, um, and did you have private health care? I did, and I'm so grateful yeah. that I was we had say, was this NHS because I could, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Because actually, um, I did start an NHS um, referral, 
and I was still waiting for my CT scan by the time I'd had my surgery privately. Wow. Gosh, save those pennies, try and keep your Boopa membership. It's hard, it's expensive, but my gosh, in times like this. I'm so grateful for that Boopa membership to have that private healthcare because as soon as I knew what type of tumour they were dealing with, and it was a neuroendocrine tumour of the lung, Mm. also known as a carcinoid tumour, then I was referred to a surgeon and within another week... I was operated. Wow. But tell us about the things that you did just on your own after researching. Obviously, you spent, if you're given a horrible diagnosis like that, you do go away and you do want to heal yourself and you do want to use all the tools you can possibly find. What did you do at home? So I'd read a book by, and I recommend this to anyone who's been diagnosed with cancer, a book by a lady called Sophie Savage who wrote a book called The Cancer Whisperer. And she talked... Oh, wow. She's a huge, really inspiring lady. And... Um, a survivor of cancer herself? Sur- yes. Her, sto- her story is absolutely incredible. I, I, I wouldn't do her justice if I tried to, but she was stage four with Mets in her brain, um, diagnosed with a lung tumour, I don't know which type, but with Mets to her brain. So stage four, and she turned her turned her situation around through diet and alternative therapies and also through positive mental attitude and wow so I had read her book when my mum was diagnosed right um three years ago so when my mum was first diagnosed I'd read her book I'd asked my mum to read it um I don't think my mother unfortunately um some people choose to go down the conventional route and and my mother very much chose that route yes and um, so I'd read her book and I understood about, I knew also through my own story and my own journey with endometriosis that um, how important diet and alternative therapies were and they'd made a difference already in my life mm. so I, I thought you know if it's worked with the endo yes. then maybe just maybe it can also work with this tumour yes. that I currently still had because it hadn't been removed I'd, I'd only had a biopsy and I yes. thought if I can if I can maybe change what's there Mm. or do something to change and this is just my opinion and Mm. through what I've read and so I stopped my HRT immediately and I decided with consulting with nutritionists I stress I did not do this Mm. alone um but with nutritionists Mm. I um started to take some supplements which Mm. ones well I, I can okay I took um berberine which apparently is is very good for lowering sugar levels, but I stopped anything with sugar in anyhow. Even fruit? I reduced the amount of fruit drastically. So mainly I would just have blueberries or blackberries in the morning um, and all dairy products, including eggs. So You stopped everything sugar, everything everything dairy. Everything dairy. Did you have an apple a day? I did not even at that time. I do now, but at that time, not even. It was and did basically you, what green. about meat? So again, in those two weeks, in that mm. week leading up to surgery, no, it was vegan. It was you were vegan, vegan, plant-based, vegan, dairy-free, plant-based, no grains, zero no grains. grains. So, so you were so basically you really feel full up. So you were eating vegetables, vegetables. some fruits, but, I, but know, mainly I'm vegetables. Quite healthy anyway. I yeah. had lived a really healthy, so I didn't. I don't feel. Does that make sense? And were you juicing? Did you do the celery juice? No, I didn't. But I've heard, obviously, juicing was 
was offered to me, but I yes. didn't. I just ate mainly... Because Jason Vale is a big advocate yes. for healing cancer yes. through juicing. Yeah. But let me just understand, yeah. Valentina, so just vegetables? Just vegetables and some fish. Did no. you take olive oil? Did you take all of those salt? Did you take yep. lemon juice? Yep, all of those things. Fish? Basically, if God made it, I ate it. And if okay. a plant made, as in as in a factory, then no, I didn't. Do it. Anyway, so you cut did you eat nuts? Yes, nuts. All absolutely. processed foods and then out, I, basically. I've always used organic, so I've never, so that remains So it was same. kind of paleo-esque, but without yes, the grains. At the moment, yeah. no grains. No grains. And paleo allows you to have meat, but yes. I have no meat. Right. I did have fish mainly sea bass yeah. um but not every day yeah really so and i also had beans and um what kind and of seeds beans? pulses and things yeah all beans, kidney beans yeah beans, all of those beans cannellini absolutely but not too many not again really most of my so diet you were was mainly very green. clean very, very clean very clean yeah. yeah absolutely so what happened after you'd followed this um, very strict regime so it, was for, it was only for a very very short yeah. time two weeks before the surgery, from the moment I was diagnosed, I knew I had to do something. So how long, roughly? About two weeks. About probably, two weeks. Maybe slightly longer. Yeah. And I went into surgery feeling really strong, actually. Really, you know, really... Like, ready. Ready, yeah. absolutely. Like, let's just get this thing out, mm. and then I can start to heal. I mean, I already feel your positivity. Yeah, you no, know. me too. Absolutely. I just... It's, so how, yeah. how, how... So, so you surgery went into hospital. Was yeah, so I went inside a great team that I can't... I really cannot thank the Harley Street Clinic and all the staff there. They were amazing. My surgeon was absolutely incredible. In fact, he sat me down and he said, look, I think we're going to have to remove the entire lung. And I'd accepted that that might have to happen anyway. He said, if I can, I would try and save a sliver and we might be able to reconnect it, but I'm not making any promises. I well, didn't how, know this what, at the with time. no how, what with mm. one lung or with two lungs? No, you right have lung one is lung. Fine. Your right, the left lung where the yeah. tumor was because of the position of the tumor. He was explaining that I probably wouldn't be able to save any of the lung at all. <sighs> and and just to clarify, Valentina had this surgery in October, which was four or five months ago, and she's sitting in the kitchen looking unbelievably fresh beautiful glowing hair is shiny smiling i mean it's it's mind-blowing but that's what it is it is it is absolutely remarkable so he came up to your room on the day of the surgery he came up and said he would do his best but he could not guarantee that he could save the lung and i was obviously concerned that um what that would mean for my life again another life mm. what will it mean to live so now I'm processing something else that I might be left with one lung and I'd worked with somebody who had impaired lung function mm. who used to carry an oxygen canister around wow. oh gosh so again I was thinking okay oh. is that going to be me am I always going to have to wheel a little oxygen canister around and he said don't worry about that now you just need to get through the surgery I will do my utmost mm. I will do my utmost to try and save just a small part of your lung so that we can, re, mm. you know, in time it would, would expand. Mm. So again, I prayed and I said, you know. How long after that did you actually go into surgery? Oh, immediately. That, so, like, so you signed a disclaimer. Later. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, but I, I went in and I know, do you know, I was How really calm. I was so calm. I, I, was I, I think I just want this. to be put out and not even hear anything. <laughs> I just do you know who I, I think this was hardest for? Yeah. Richard. Your husband. Oh. Richard. Yeah. I could, the look, I will never forget the look on his face as he sat oh, next dear. to me. 
that was really hard for him. So the children were oblivious because yeah. we didn't really tell them this, the enormity of what I was about to go through. Yeah. We protected them from that. But my friends and Richard, who sat next to me, I, you know, that day. Before you were wheeled before down. My, before I was taken down. Did he come down with you? He came down as far as he was allowed and then he, we oh. waved goodbye. And you talk about if you might not now I did not know this at the time and it's probably just as well but my grandmother had the same surgery in 1977 so when I was five and she died 10 days later from the surgery she also had a lung tumor oh Oh my god so I did not I was I was always under the the impression that she died from cancer but actually my aunt told me no it was the Surgery, but she Gosh. didn't survive. Did Rachel know this? But it was the 70th. Oh. None of us knew this, and I think if we Good. had, I'm happy you I didn't. Think if we had, yeah, you'd have been terrified. Everything. But yeah. I was entering. I was staying calm, and I was staying positive, and I kept thinking, I've got, you know, I've got people praying for me. Mm. My mum's in heaven. My dad's mm. in heaven. Yeah, they're going to take care of me. Yeah, I did. I really felt their presence. So you went very calm into your general anaesthetic. <sighs> Yes. And how long were you under for? Oh, that I went into... So the surgery was over six hours, six, seven hours. But again, I, oh when I had my endometriosis gosh. surgery and my hysterectomy and, and all the work um, then, that had been seven hours. So I wasn't... Wow. You know, this wasn't new to me. What was new, and I didn't realise this, is that obviously... Um, oh, I went into ICU gosh. and I had to go into intensive care um, after the straight surgery, after. straight after, for, uh, for just yeah. over 24 hours. Because oh, an ICU just means that when <laughs> ICU is just when you have a nurse on a one-to-one, making sure that your, your vital stats are, uh, are stable, basically. And that was a surreal experience because I've never been in ICU before. So that in itself, oh, again, is... Terrifying. I mean, you're almost tripping because you're on yeah. so many drugs and, and you don't know what time it is, oh. if it's day, night. But did you still feel very relaxed at this point in time? I was so out of it. <laughs> yeah, you were sedated, really, thank really God. Because actually, on the enormity of that would have been pretty overpowering. And to, all I remember is yeah. I allowed Richard to come in and see me and I think I said, I need my phone. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I remember receiving a text message from you. Yeah. Of all, honestly, that was really that. When I was thinking, am I, <laughs> am I dreaming? Is this really? Because I thought that was so sweet. No. Oh, and you really girly. do at times so, like this find out who cares. Oh gosh, you do. I mean, that's. And I was a, actually really touched because you know. we're close, but we're yeah. not. So it was really touching to see that message, but yeah, I was completely yeah, I was so out of it. And thank God, really, because yes. you've got drains your, coming out. Does your yeah. obstetrician? Come um, to you. The, the hospital. Okay, with the news. When does the surgeon come and tell you? So they, so they, yeah, he came immediately. They come immediately so and they tell you. And he said, we got all the tumour out and we took away and we sent, they sent it away to look at margins. So he said, and I've left a sliver of yeah. lung in. And his exact words were, I'm so impressed at my own skills. <laughs> he said, I really didn't think we'd be able to do that because of the position. He said, but I'm good. Oh, that's <laughs> and amazing. And we laughed. We had a little positive. giggle. And yeah. I said, oh, no, I've got people praying. And he said, no, this is skill, not yeah. prayer. <laughs> but we were both. having a giggle. Yeah. But so he was we positive at this point in he time. Was was he was amazing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. In fact, both. Um, so my surgeon was David Lawrence. And my um, respiratory consultant was Neil Navani, and they were both, they're an amazing team, really, mm. really good team, both of them really positive. But what's interesting is, um, so the next day, the um, oncologist, so in Harley Street, there's a, you know, the oncology nurses start to come in to talk yeah. to you because they're 
starting to prepare you for this journey in inverted yeah. commas and I kept saying no I'm not going on any journey I'm going to be fine yeah and they and I you know again they were wonderful because they're there to to sort of help support you but I kept saying I'm not having chemotherapy even if this is malignant I'm not having chemotherapy and there was you know there was a well you might change your mind and I kept yeah. saying no I knew I knew I wow. was not going down yeah. that route I watched chemo kill my mum I'd grown up in a household where my dad always had, although he was a breast cancer surgeon, always had reservations about which types of tumours and yeah. cancers respond to chemo and which maybe don't. So, And also my yeah. own sort of experience yeah. working in an oncology clinic where we only saw stage four people who chemo hadn't worked for. So, mm. um, so you'd made that decision? I'd made that decision. I'd made that decision as soon as he turned the screen around and said, I think this is a malignant tumour, and I, and I knew that I was not going to have any form of chemotherapy or radiation. I would do this all naturally. Mm. Wow. Wow. So they were sending nurses in. So day one, when they eventually moved me up, and um, they would send the oncology nurses around to have a chat with me and prepare me. And they were lovely, really, really lovely, but I was adamant I would not mm. be doing, I would not be going down that route. So the, had it been... Uh, chemo that they had suggested to you how soon you would have had to wait for the results right of yes. the yeah so the right. results so the, the then obviously I spent five days in hospital my healing um, journey they were amazed at they were mm. saying it was quite incredible and I think again that was the diet I got into yeah. hospital and they would say you need some carbs you need yeah. some pro you know and I'm saying no I just want veg so did you bring your well, own um, food no, in no the Harley Street clinic oh right okay it's okay the food if I'd may, maybe been yeah. in the NHS yeah. it would have been a different story yeah. but they were steam greens with steam olive oil greens and I had white fish and they would mm. say you need some bread you need some potatoes you need something yeah. car some form of carbohydrate and I was saying no I don't I yeah. really really don't I knew what I knew what my body needed you know yeah. instinctively you you know you just know absolutely so, you so. Know, ginger tea and anything really light and they were amazed and they said wow. you're healing and I have to say I, as I've had seven so much surgery in the past and this was by far the easiest journey as in this was really? the fastest recovery time gosh how amazing and it was the most drastic surgery i've ever had so i attribute that to the diet yeah okay interesting isn't that, isn't yeah. that extraordinary yeah. and so valentina when did the results come back so the results came two weeks after and they said um that and by this time were they going to give you chemotherapy should you have started chemotherapy no, or what was the uh, agreement until you know what type of cancer it is as in what type of tumor it is and what they wouldn't you know but they were still they'd made me an appointment as i say to start mm. because they were absolutely adamant that it was going to be malignant. And mm. I, as I say, I'd been booked in with an oncology um, mm. psychologist, you know, someone mm. who deals with... And I was saying, I'm not going to need any of this. It's mm. going to be fine. <laughs> so, wow. And the results came through and we sat down with Mr Lawrence and he said, your tumour is benign. <gasps> Did you burst into tears? Yeah. Oh, oh, my God, yeah. Valentina. Yeah, but... Oh. They still needed to repeat the PET scan because yeah. he said a castle, it's a very, you know, it's a grey area. So they needed to do another PET scan with a different type of, um, oh, what's it called, contrast agent, because he said there might be other 
small tumours elsewhere right. and we don't know that these aren't malignant. So off I went for yet oh, another gosh. PET scan and another week of waiting for the results. Yeah. And that's all fine. Also, I found gosh, that out last week. Amazing. Also, so there's no... found out last week? Last week. Oh. Last week. Congratulations. This is the best story yes. ever. It's the best story. And I will be, I, as I say, I'll be seen again in three months, then in six months, yeah. then in a year. I'm, you know, I'm more at risk than, say, other people. But yeah. on the whole, it's a really, really good result. Oh, I'm and so thrilled for you. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What would be your three best uh, pieces of advice to give to anyone actually just really wanting to protect their body against sickness or if you've I, been diagnosed I was about to yes. say the first yeah. piece of advice I would give is and I've said this before with my endometriosis mm. don't be fobbed off if you know your body and you do not feel well and the GP keeps telling you it's anxiety or then go and get a second opinion or even yeah. a third opinion yeah. Okay, because I dread to think if I hadn't gone for another opinion, where I would be today. Yeah. Because as women, we're often made out to be hysterical, neurotic, mm. Mm. attention seeking. But actually, mm. I think we know our own bodies. Yeah. I love that you say that. You guys out there, listen and listen good. If you don't feel well and you know your body better than anybody else, don't accept a diagnosis of being a hysterical anxious woman well I think a lot is blamed on anxiety we had this conversation earlier that you know women are diagnosed with anxiety quite frequently and we're prescribed antidepressants and things and and quite often people start taking them and then they find that they're in this cycle then this trap where they can't get off because once they've started medicating themselves they're then fearful of what's going to happen on the other side yeah. And there are alternatives. And that's the next point, yeah. is that um, sometimes I believe that Mother Nature has given us a lot of, um, a lot of stuff, food, that we mm. can tap into and that we can use to heal ourselves. And it isn't easy. It's not a magic bullet. Mm. You have to work at it. You know, you really, and I, I certainly, some of, the, some of it I've educated myself and I've learned and I've read books um, but I've also tapped into individuals like nutritionists who have directed me, with, especially with regards to herbal supplements. Mm. So when I said I took this, I, 
I did that all with advice. I would never I ever think walk into what, a health what food What we'll shop. do is we'll, we'll make a list with you and when our podcast goes live, we'll share all the supplements in a list on our Instagram for people to screenshot just so that be a I mean, bit worried I, about that because I think I'll, I'll tell you why. Mm. So very think, because well. it's very, very individual, okay. and I had so a very maybe just the more general ones, just the more health and yeah. you know, because it's interesting. We, we're I take a, 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 a one supplement which has everything in it, but sometimes if you're going to see a nutritionist, and that's probably quite a good thing. Do you know, to there's do a great well. website. If people want to, I would never ever. I, I just wouldn't want to recommend any supplement. Okay. But there is a website called Cancer Active, and on mm-hmm. there you can read about every single supplement that cancer that is meant to that is designed for Okay, well we'll cancer. link that yeah. website for you and then, and then you can, can have read. a read. But yourself. I would always recommend going, going to, to see someone yeah. absolutely who's qualified. Yeah. But I think it's very interesting what you said. If it isn't made by God, it's not for me. And it just made me think immediately about um what an interesting comment that actually is. How whole foods, nuts, mm. fish, mm. how everything in its whole, even 200 years ago, you had means of cooking, of steaming, of grilling, of mm. building fires. of, mm. and, and it's actually very interesting how, if you really think about how it's come and how it's prepared, it's, it's quite simple. If it's made by God... It's probably really good for your body. And I really, you know, I very much am all for alternative uh, remedies, therapies, treatments, et cetera, et cetera. I had um, two large surgeries last year. And after my first surgery, I was only supposed to be in hospital for one day. I ended up being there for five days because I had a complete poisoning because I'd had a combination of morphine, um, tramadol, codeine, and all kinds of medicines that my body actually doesn't agree with in any shape or form. And I had to have another surgery, which I had four months later. And I was again under for three and a half hours, quite major surgery. But funnily enough, I decided, I made a decision that I was not going to take anything stronger than a paracetamol, simply because I don't take very much medicine. And it's if I have a really, really, really bad headache or a really, really bad pain somewhere, I might just take a paracetamol. Uh, but I, my, my body can't tolerate anything stronger than that. And funnily enough, this time around, I was in hospital. I asked for, 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 for min- I didn't want any drugs when I, when I woke up from my general anesthetic. And I came in this time at 7 a.m. in the morning. I was home by 7 p.m. that evening. I took paracetamol for the first 24 hours then I didn't take anything Mm. and my recovery was unbelievable and I do think that it's very very difficult for the body actually to process and eliminate what a lot of these chemicals are made of about being in control of your pain as well I think there's there's definitely something in that you know carry on and you know there's also someone who says that a handful of blueberries has as much of that pain relief in them as taking an ibuprofen and it just makes me think of my wonderful godmother who's one of the most beautiful 75 year olds you'll ever see and she will be the first one to say that about 10 12 years ago she um was diagnosed with stage four cancer and um and it's a very interesting conversation of you know, she had gone through menopause, she'd been taking hormones, she had experienced um, some personal things that were uh, upsetting at the time. And to have that conversation about 
hormones, going through a, a time that could be difficult, whether that could in fact be a trigger also mm. of these cancers in the body. And I do think it's a really, really interesting conversation. And, you know, she today has fortunately recovered stage mm. four breast cancer. And not only has she recovered, she's in better shape than she's ever been. Mm. She's more energy than she's ever had. And she really made also very conscious decisions about diet mm. and about what she wanted to have in her life and what she didn't mm. want to have in her life. Yeah. And I do think that it can be a saving grace for a lot of people. Yeah. Of the biggest wake-up call of your entire life. No, but I think there's a lot in the being in control of the situation you're in. And I think a lot of... Um, I don't know many people who've had cancer, fortunately. But I think a lot of the chemotherapy fear is that you're then handing your path to somebody else. And you're letting go. Yeah. You're submissing or being submissive into the medication rather than you owning it. I needed to be in control of this yeah. whole process. I'm a control freak anyway. <laughs> so there yeah. was no way. And I'd watch, I'd just seen what it done to my mum. And I, I saw how she lost control. I mean, I, I, for some people, obviously, it's a choice they want to make and there's no judgment, there's no right, there's no wrong. No, and I, some people survive yeah. cancer through chemo yes, and it's a gift. Do. And, yeah. you know, there's there's an argument for both things, but there's, there is an it. alternative. I think you have to believe in it. Some yeah. people really, really... You know, they've put their faith in that and, yeah. and in the and in the treatment plan and in the mm. protocol. Because of my experience mm. with what I'd seen my mother go through and my father go through, I you just, couldn't I'd do lost it. faith. I'd yeah. lost faith in, in chemo and um and the whole cancer industry to Well be, then you to be you honest. become so, so sick, don't you, when you're going through chemo. Yeah, you, I, it has saved yeah. I'm sure it saved a lot of lives. I'm sure it saved so a lot of lives, but it is terrible it's a terrifying I'd, journey. I'm that pleased you, I wasn't yeah. faced with that in the end, yeah. really. But um, yeah. I have a question for you, Valentina, because there are a lot of people that say that the food of cancer is sugar. Mm. Uh or, and or processed or, foods. Or acid yeah. rather. And mm. everything that turns acidic. Uh, meat, once it starts becoming digested, turns acid. Caffeine becomes acid. Sugars mm. become acid. Alcohol becomes acid. But then, uh, on the other hand, uh, I'm a big fan of the medical medium. And the medical medium swears by healing through 50 life-changing foods, where the majority of these are actually fruits. And very sweet fruits. The fruits have to be very ripe. Um raw honey, lots of dates, mm. lots of dried apricots. So actually, it's a really, really high uh, natural sugar content. And he believes that every part of our brain actually needs this good sugar in order to function properly. But I'd be really interested to ask you um, about your opinion on fruit sugar, on sugar from dates, on Sugars from honeys, maple syrups. I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't know. I really wouldn't. I'm not mm. an expert in this field. I haven't read his book, so I wouldn't want to comment at all. But I've been, um, I've always, it, it, through my work in the oncology clinic, and as I say, I'm not in a medical capacity in any shape or form, I've always been led to believe that sugar, that cancer feeds on sugar in yeah. any shape or form. Really? So for me, I made a decision to stay, to just avoid it as much as possible. I do have fruit. I absolutely do have fruit, but yeah, you, but the low. But you you keep the fruit. I think consumption it's moderation. Down. Yeah, absolutely. I think in moderation. And um, 
you know, a lot of people say if you balance the fruit with something yeah. alkaline, with yogurt or something that's going to take I, I made a, again, I made a choice not to mm. have any dairy. Oh, you're not having all. dairy. No. So you could have soy yogurt. Well, I tend to have, well, as I say, oats, just some blueberries oats, in the morning oats. with some Can you hair. have oat yogurt? Because there's different... No. I'm not having any You're cups not having anything at all. at all. I'm literally on... You're having yeah, whole... Absolutely, whole foods. Food. So nothing that's been processed really? in any shape or form wow. at all. Can I ask you, where do you buy your fish? Um, fishmonger mm. here in Chelsea. Chelsea Green. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so well, do you eat fish most days? I eat fish about two or three times a week, yeah. maybe four sometimes. And other yeah. than that, it's vegetables. And, and other than that, it's yeah. mostly vegan food. Vegan. Yeah, okay. what, about, what about pastas now? You are with Italian origins. No, I, I, what do you have as a substitute? Because how can you not have pasta and pizza? It's fine. Do you know, I don't miss any of it. I genuinely You've got your life. don't I guess miss when you've been anything. given your I, life, I, I, you, my it's body not, doesn't seem to yeah. crave it either yeah. at all. So, so what about making a zucchini spaghetti? Have you tried that? No, because I'm not having any pasta. No, no, oh, no, but zucchini, yeah, 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 where you yeah, literally absolutely. make spaghetti out of yeah, courgettes. With, with and there's another fantastic recipe, which is, do you have any dairy at all? No. Would you have goat cheese or no, sheep cheese? I used to, prior to me being diagnosed with this, I would absolutely gluten-free anything and also any dairy. I would have organic dairy, but not now, not since mm, my diagnosis. And I, I'm, Not even cheap. Nothing. I used to. That's what I used to. So prior to my diagnosis, I would eat buffalo and you and goat's cheese. Right. Right. Then this happened, and it's gone. Not at all. Not for me. So almond milk, cashew milk. Almond milk, absolutely. Almond milk, and that's it for me. Oat milk. No. I don't really like oat milk. I prefer almond milk. Okay. I'm sure it's absolutely. Yeah. So I have a really, really, really sweet tooth. When you really need something that is super sweet, what do you go for? Dark chocolate. Yeah. Really, really dark chocolate. And you find that a small amount will satisfy. Yeah. That's it. Oh, you're very disciplined. I Were you ever a coffee drinker? You have to be, yes, of course. and I've had to give yeah. that up. And I'm, look at me, ginger tea in the morning. Yeah. No coffee at all? And, and no. Not even for a special treat? No. no. And tell me your voice. So you're obviously the struggling is, a little yeah. bit this morning because so of the surgery. So that's the hardest part yeah. to accept, if I'm really yeah. honest, because... Um, because it's hard. Yes. The voice is going to take some time. And it's tiring. Back. It's tiring. Imagine. It's exhausting. Yes. I'm probably going to have to learn how to re, um, to, to sort of reproject my voice and speak yes. all over again. I will at some point see a speech therapist and yes. try and work to, um, yeah, to sort of get to, to better that. But yeah. that's been the hardest part. I mean, it's you're, you're doing such an amazing job. I mean, you sound perfectly. Oh. Do you reward yourself with a glass of red wine? No, I, I, so I gave up wine a long time ago but I did like the occasional gin and tonic very very occasional gin and tonic and I've had one since my diagnosis one or two wow. that's it really. do you know I think when you're I've given just, the chance to live and thrive you don't even want to have that factor of no. fear or doubt that glass of wine will not be a glass of wine anymore you'll look at it and think it might harm me yeah up until so last week I did not know I literally only have found out this recently that mm. I didn't have any tumours anywhere else so I was being very very disciplined mm. because I didn't know what else lay in store for me now that I've got the all clear mm. I will probably relax a little bit and allow certain foods to come but back into my it diet. must be the fear factor slightly as well but because I, you've kept yourself this well yeah but I've also I've watched a lot of documentaries mm. I've read a lot of books and I understand the importance of staying away from 
anything that is processed, mm. really. For, for me, because this has happened to me, mm. I think if you're healthy, there's probably no reason. But my yeah. body, for the last, I don't know, however many years, 30 years, has been mm. saying, hey, we don't yeah. like this. And I think the warning signs were there, with the firstly with the polycystic ovaries, then yeah. with the endometriosis. These are all inflammatory conditions. Yeah. yeah. So my body was saying to me, wake up. Yes, it's the inflammatory there was body no balance. thing again. Yeah. This keeps coming up. The inflammation in the body is what is the root cause of all the underlying yes. health issues that people have these days. Yeah. And inflammation in the body yes. is caused by processed foods and sugars mm-hmm. and anything that isn't yeah. paleo or yeah, whole. Or, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so I will probably move on to more of a paleo diet. I mm. might reintroduce chicken. I, don't, mm. I haven't eaten red meat for a long time, actually, because of the endometriosis. I might yeah. reintroduce organic chicken mm. and um uh, yeah, but, but you're really, you're happy you're healthy yeah, I am. i'm really happy did you, did you ever tell really, did you ever tell your children we told the children in fact um that was another thing that somebody said to me a friend another friend of mine is um how old are your children so my children are 16 and 13 okay. and someone said to me i can't imagine going through what you're going through and maybe having to sort of thinking about not being there for the I kids i can't that's what sets and me i off. said you know what I prayed about that and I distinctly remember this feeling of almost God saying to me, I, they're my children, they're not your mm. children, they're my children and I've, I've lent I've them, given to, them you. to you. I've given them to you and if I call you home, I will take care of them. Mm. And I've, I remember that for me, I felt so at peace with that, that they would be okay. And, and that was, that's how I got through that. That's what got me through so yes, they know. Oh, you're so brave. No, I'm not. I'm not brave you in are. the slightest at all. No, I'm not. I'm really, really not. You're very, very brave. Yeah. You really are. You really and they are. were very calm throughout this whole yeah. process. They oh. really, really were very mature Sets about it. Mm. Sorry, it puts I'm life in perspective, right darling, in such a yeah. big way. I mean, when I when I was told we're about Valentina, yeah. it's also, it gave me such such um, a completely new um, also thoughts because can you imagine my mom was 36 years old and my sister was seven and I was 11 and she wrote four goodbye letters one to her mother one to my father and one to her two best friends because she knew and can you imagine that feeling and that's why I just loved the moment that Valentina found out and the decision that she made, I think for my mother and at that time, you know, in the 80s, we didn't know about nutrition, what we know today. We didn't, we weren't as conscious about the power of the mind, about the fact that we actually sometimes do have the power to choose. And so, you know, I think if my mother had been diagnosed today, things would have been very, very different. But I just loved Valentina's attitude from the beginning because she was, she was going to do, she was actually going to take her life into her hands and she was going to literally decide its course. And And that's what I find so admirable because you know what? I totally empathize with the fact that to be given such a God-forsaken, horrific diagnosis and how easy it is to let your fear drown you mm. and for you literally, it, it's too big, it's too much to but deal with. But I think with. to have hope in the face And I think of, that her journey is just yeah. so remarkable and so inspirational yeah. 
for everyone. And my God, I commend you and I admire you. So and I. I think you are so incredible. <laughs> and you're as beautiful as ever. I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a really what the message that we wanted to give our lovely listeners was in the face of death, you know, there is still hope and and you are the master of your journey and you can deal with your journey in the way that you want to deal with it. And for you, it was power of the mind, going turning to God, yeah. looking after yourself, using every single tool yeah. you could get your hands on. Yeah to not give in yeah. and stay in control, not giving anybody any power over you, yeah. you remaining in control and you fighting it out and you're sitting here and sharing this journey and it's so inspirational and it's it's a gift. You know, even, you know, for, hopefully this would never happen to anybody we yeah. know and love and us and whoever, but if it does happen, I'm going to think about this moment mm -hmm. and remember that there's an alternative and that there's a bigger picture and that there are options. Exactly. And I think on top of that is trust your gut. Yeah. Valentina did, knew that there was something wrong. This was just not good enough. Being yeah. told that I'm an anxious, uh, neurotic, hysterical woman uh, who's suffering from bereavement. Quite on the contrary, let your gut tell you, no, no, this is not the case. And Valentina, fortunately went for a second and third opinion and finally was diagnosed with what the big problem was. Because if you think that something is not right, it's probably not right. Yeah. And another thing I would highly recommend for all our lovely listeners to buy is the um, book that Caroline's just shared with us. It is um, The Medical Medium, Life-Changing Foods, and it's written by Anthony William. And this really is a gift in itself, this book. And Save Anthony yourself. William is, in fact, the medical medium. Right. And he started off, his first book, Medical Medium, is unbelievable. His second book was... Um, the, th the thyroid book. Mm. Then he's done a liver book in this... Uh, sorry, his liver book is his newest book. I think The Life-Changing Foods was his third book. Right. It's incredible. Um, I think it's a gift. I think it's worth reading just to, you know, give yourself options and, and tools, the you know. The Cancer Whisperer by Sophie Savage. Really, yes. really hugely inspirational. So we'll link that book as yeah, well. Book. And um, for anybody suffering and with a diagnosis or with cancer or have been diagnosed with cancer and recovered you know these are such inspirational ways yeah. to, to get through the those internet is awash yeah. with sites that will help just use those people. tools use them, yeah and use and use your people. friends and your support network yeah. and and, and that's really important. but as yeah. he says what he does in his book is he, he teaches everyone to unleash the hidden powers of fruits and vegetables and transform your life in the process um he gives you specific factors behind the rise of illness and how to protect yourself and your family. And he advises you through these foods uh, how to use foods to repair your DNA, to boost your immune system, to improve your mental clarity, to alkalize your body system, and to shield you from other people's negative emotions. Um, and he also shows you how to prepare these fruits and vegetables, herbs and spices and wild foods so that they can become as healing as possible for you. So this is definitely a book to get your hands on. I think so. I think this is a book to be shared with all your loved ones and 
Valentina, thank you so much for sharing your incredible journey thank with you, us. Valentina. You are amazing um, and you're and remarkable. I'm not sure about that. Let's and you just, give such hope. Yes, and we'll pray every day that you're you. still going to be in fine, fit, and healthy shape thank for you. a very, very long time. Thank you so much. And so nice all our listeners who are suffering, sending you best wishes and speedy recoveries and positive vibes. Um, lots of love to everyone. Bye.